hello friends. This is an Apple Music interview version of the world-famous Emo Dad podcast. What does this mean? No music. Why? Apple doesn't let us play songs. Does it sound a bit weird when we introduce a song and nothing happens? Nah. But, you know, you still get the conversation and all the good times. For the full version, switch on over to Spotify and search Emo Dad. Thanks and enjoy the episode. Welcome to a, another special episode of the Emo Dad podcast. My name is Matt. My name is James. And we are super excited as today we have the awesome James Joseph of James and the Cold Gun joining us previously of the band Holding Absence. Uh, James, we had a wicked chat with him. He told us lots of great stories about being in um, Holding Absence and in James and the Cold Gun, his new band and it is well worth a listen. We're going to start with his one of his new songs. So this is James and the Cold Gun with She Moves. Hi, James. Welcome to Emo Dad Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, guys. It's, uh, it's <clears throat> nice to speak to some new people for once. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and uh, we're yeah we're thrilled we're thrilled to have you here. Um, so we thought we'd start right at the beginning. Um, could you tell us about your earliest memories of music? Oh wow, that wasn't prepared. yeah <laughs> yeah the origin we're going, story. We're going right to the origin story for the start. <laughs> Ooh, you know what my my first ever CD. I remember this because I got asked this recently. My first ever CD was a Boyzone CD. Oh, I, I, yes. don't, I don't know what <laughs> drew me to Boyzone. I must have been about maybe nine or ten, and it was a Boyzone CD for comic relief. And I remember thinking they were, they were cool, and I, I had to have that CD. It was back when you could buy, buy singles. So you go, yes. you go to Tesco, you get your two quid, and you'd walk away with a, <laughs> one or two songs on a disc. Um, from there... Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I was going to ask where you got it from, because like, oh, my, yeah. I think my first CD was Michael Jackson Bad. Oh, nice. And I think it was from Woolworths, which are things that a whole, a whole sentence that no longer exists. Oh, man, what I'd give to be able to go get some pick and mix in a CD from, <laughs> from Woolworths right now. From Woolies. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Those are the days. And a Bionicle. I used to get I'd get a Bionicle, like a Lego, okay. you know, those weird little Lego robot men. <laughs> sure. A Bionicle, yeah. some sweets and a CD if I'd been good. <laughs> those were the days. Simpler times. Yeah, right. But Boyzone were, I think if you didn't, like most of the people that listen to this thing are going to know who <laughs> Boyzone are. But I think that if you, like, that was the time period when boy bands were the biggest thing on, like, oh, yeah. in the world, right? Big time. Big time. I, I don't know. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not like an expert on boy bands, but I, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I wouldn't be able to tell Boyzone apart from Blue, for example. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, boy, I had that Boyzone single and I remember just like that was definitely my first CD. And then I there's just a period where I don't really know what happened. But then the School of Rock film came out and I was about 11 yes. when that came out. And that film just changed everything for me. I was just like. Yeah, I just remember that's that's the film that made me want to like pick up a guitar, and I, and I, and I had guitar lessons shortly after that for a little while, and uh, yeah, I was just obsessed from from that day onwards. There must be like a whole generation of musicians your age, James, who mm -hmm. watched School of Rock and then started bands. As a result. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think it was it was a mix of that, and then like um, just seeing seeing bands on Kerrang and stuff like. It, the videos just used to be so like so mesmerizing and and you know video music videos were such a big thing back then that it was just like how could you not watch one of them and want to want to be in a band so apart from your little um 
a blip at the beginning of listening to, to Boyzone. Did you get into kind of uh, rock and alternative music quite early on? Yeah, so I um, so yeah, I watched I watched School of Rock and I begged my mum for a guitar. So she did the sensible thing and she let me have a 20 quid acoustic guitar from Argos. And, yes, and also she was my like, first guitar. Yes, everyone's got one in their house somewhere. <laughs> Um, she let me have one of those. I think it was my birthday coming up. She got me like a 20 quid Argos guitar. And she said, if you, if you learn and, and, you know, actually take this in, then maybe you can get an electric guitar. I had about like two lessons and I, and, and, and then I, um, I gave her the puppy dog eyes and all that. And she ended up then buying me like maybe like a 50 quid, like <laughs> strat, like, you know, the one, yes. the, the, like the first electric guitar. And, um, I was just obsessed at that moment on, although I, I didn't fare very well with guitar lessons. I had like, I had about five lessons with this local guy. And then he basically told my mum that I was just a waste of, I, like I was wasting mine and his time. <laughs> no, <laughs> He was a nice dude, but basically he would tell me things and I just wouldn't listen. I'd be like in a world of my own, just plucking away, kind of ignoring him. Like I, so um, <laughs> there, I remember... It was like it was like my fifth lesson, and and um, he said to my mum, he was like, he's got a really good ear, but he's just not listening, or like you know they'll they'll he I remember he he got me to um he was trying to teach me this part of um you know the song Whiskey in the Jar by Thin Lizzy, uh sure. he, he was trying to get me to learn a little bit of that, and I remember the next week going in and playing like my own version of it, <laughs> which was like completely in the wrong, completely different and, and a weird messed up way of doing it you know i was just there like sort of i don't know what i was doing <laughs> but um and he was like that, that that must have that must have been really interesting for him because he was like that's you've played that totally wrong but it's sort of right <laughs> like so okay. so so he said to my mum, he said he, he has a good ear for it but honestly like you know lessons aren't cheap i think they're like 15 quid an hour or something like that and he was just like oh to be honest maybe you should come back in a few years when uh when he's older and he can actually try and learn and, and i I never looked back really. I've been doing things my weird own way ever since. <laughs> I think that's the best way to do it, right? Enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As long as you get there. <laughs> yeah. For, it doesn't sure. matter how. <laughs> sure. So, all right. Amazing. So you're mucking about with your first guitar, having a lot of fun. Oh, I am. How yeah. Did, how did you get into your first band? Oh, good question. Um, there was my school is actually pretty good to be fair. Like um, it's not it's not very punk rock of me to be like, oh my school was quite nice. But, school school but, of rock. Uh, it, it, it honestly was like shout out to a, a pant comprehensive in Pontaclean. Um, that sounds like gibberish to anyone who's not from Wales. But um, basically, they had a they actually had a really good music department, and um, they they did this thing uh, after school called E3, and, and it was called rock band. And uh, amazing. Some, some like um, some dude would come in just with like a load of amps and things and just turn them on and kind of let us just go mad. Um, and uh, oh. some days we'd, we'd actually jam and make some cool music. Other days we'd just, we'd just mess about completely. Like, I remember, I, this is kind of a funny story actually. The, the rooms we were in used to be soundproofed and they'd have these like foamy walls. And we'd figured out this game that if you threw drumsticks at the foamy walls, they'd bounce really randomly so we'd all we'd all we'd turn okay. the lights we'd turn the lights off in these foamy rooms. Everyone would throw a drumstick and then you just you'd like cover your face and, and we'd see you'd like get hit in the face with a with a drumstick. <laughs> so yeah, so some days were really some days we actually would write songs together or try and jam popular songs, and other days we'd just throw drumsticks at each other. But um Amazing. That, that was my like first ever, ever experience with other people. Um and I did that for a little while. And then I remember going to a gig in a rugby club in the town next to where I grew up and the other school, they also had like a rock band. And um, I was dating a girl from the school across, across the way, as you do. And um, we saw this band and they, they were actually really, really good. And um, actually Lucas, who used to be the singer of my old band holding absence, he was in that band. And I'd never actually seen a band of like 13, 14 year olds actually play well. And they were playing sure. songs that, you know, they were playing typical songs that you'd hear 
on Kerrang at the time, you know, like, I don't know, Seven Nation Army and like um, Velvet Revolver and like all the all the classic Kerrang ones that would just be on loop. And I, I, it blew my mind. I was like, oh, my God, there's, there's like people my age who can actually string together like some chords and make songs. And um, from that moment on, I, I got really pally with them and sort of as the years progressed, we started to um, realize that there were local bands that sounded like the bands that we uh, we were sort of seeing on TV, which were mostly like American bands. And was um, and so at what point then did was Holding Absence your first band or did you were you like messing around with uh, other bands beforehand? Um, oh, lo- loads before that. So um, I ended up getting, I ended up getting. This is another story actually. I had, I had um, some more guitar lessons when I was like, I think I must have been in like year, year eight or nine in school. So I must have been about maybe like fourteen, fifteen. Actually, no, it would have been young. Yeah, maybe like 13, 14. And um, as part, I, I did, I was going to do music for my GCSEs. And um, part of that, you had, you had these guitar lessons and they were wicked because you could, you could basically go to the music department uh, when you're supposed to be in another lesson. If you had, if you had a guitar lesson, you could leave the current sure. lesson you were in to go to that, which was amazing. It was any chance to get out of like, you know, maths or history or something. This school sounds incredible. Yeah, yeah. You know, I might go back. <laughs> but um, basically, I, 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 so I went to some more lessons there. It was, um, again, I, I wasn't there for long, but there was this older guy I met and he was a bit of a dodgy guy. But one, um, one day he, he, he would like convince me to like skive off down the woods with him. And he would show me like metal bands and stuff on his phone. It was back when you had like the, the Sony Ericsson flip phones. <laughs> And all that and um yeah. he yeah he was like a real kind of strange dude but um i just i'm not <laughs> but he, he yeah he would, he would take me down the woods and just show me like welsh metal bands and welsh post-hardcore bands and stuff so he introduced me to like you know your bullet for my valentines and like the blackout and and all those kind of bands at that time and and at that point that was when i was really interested i was like whoa this is this is mad. This is like stuff from Wales that sounds like the big American stuff that you see on Kerrang! and stuff. And um, it was from that moment onwards where I decided I actually wanted to be in like a proper band that was outside of um, outside of the rock school. So um, I ended up playing in a couple of local metal bands. Um, I, I, I've always played guitar, but I decided to do bass because it looked easier. <laughs> and there, was, there, was a, there was a local band from Pontaclean. I went to see them gig and they just gigged without a bassist. And um, so after their set, I was like, oh, that was really good. Like, uh, do you have a bassist? And they were like, no, not really. And I was like, I, I could probably bass. It's, there's two less strings, like, <laughs> like, and I'm not that great at guitar. So um, yeah, that was, that was my first band. And then there were a few iterations of that. It was pretty much that band, but just restarting as different names for a while until the age of about pretty much until I was 18. And then that's when, that's when Holden Absence or the seeds of Holden Absence sort of were first planted. So yeah, it's been a trip. <laughs> Amazing. We should, um, we should definitely play a song from that Welsh group of bands Ooh. that we, um, we haven't played on our podcast yet. What would you, was there a particular song from The Blackout or Bullet For My Valentine Ooh. or Funeral For A Friend or something that you'd like to uh, throw in the mix? Oh, we've got, if we're seeing as it is the, uh, as the Emo Dad podcast, we've got to do a Funeral For A Friend song, haven't we? Yeah, Shall we do, let's do like a fairly early one. Should we do Amsterdam Conversations? Yes. That'd be, that is a great show. Amazing. Let's do it. Love that. Okay, they're so, all dads now as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> yeah, and so, well, not if only you, emos. If you if you if you have any of their numbers, we'll definitely chat to them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll put you in touch for sure. <laughs> Amazing. So this is funeral for a friend. Excellent song. <laughs> what a rager! Love it. Um. Okay. Amazing. So so. Next, we should probably talk about um, sort of the start of holding absence, I guess. How did that um, how did that come about for you? Um, that's a good question. Um, I remember God, it feels like it's so long ago now, especially because especially because the past year has just also been a 
being like a write-off. It feels yeah. it's like sure. way longer. Um, but yeah, it was it was at this point it was about six six years ago, and um, myself and a guy called Giorgio who was in the metal band that I previously mentioned with me, mm-hmm. we'd sort of. I want to say we'd grown out of metal because we still love metal, but we sort of, we just had a new itch that we wanted to scratch. I think, I think everyone goes through like a period of, of adolescence where like softer music is like, Oh no, like I'm into like extreme metal and everything else is rubbish. That was kind of the attitude we had. And then after a while it was like, Oh, you know what? Singing's all right. Isn't it? Like normal, you know, like there's a reason, there's a reason why like big rock bands are, big (laughs) (laughs) and um we were like you know what we kind of want to do something a bit softer that we can see we can see ourselves doing like longer and just taking a little bit more seriously um and 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 by that point a lot of our friends had like completely stopped doing music so we were these kind of outcasts who were still just doing this this weird sort of metal band and we were like you know what if we're gonna do if we're gonna continue to do a band we should do something that's like that we really like now and we could see that we probably won't not like in like five years time. Um, and, and luckily at the time, um, luckily at the time, um, a few other friends who were in sort of these, these really early formative, like, like metal bands and post hardcore bands had also kind of come out of bands. So we, we sort of, in a weird way, we, we kind of made like a super group, uh, of of local people local like super on a local level <laughs> so, <laughs> like, i remember when we first kind of when we first started it was really wicked because it was like oh sweet we've got like you know james used to be in this he used to be in this wicked metal band and then we got this drummer who used to be in a really good indie band and then, and then we got we got a singer who used to be in a, a really good post hardcore band and it was it was really cool because it was almost like we were the last guys who really we were basically the last guys to grow up. Like we were the ones who still hadn't <laughs> given up on the rock dream yet. So, um, so it was, it was really like a natural thing. It was just like, we were all really grateful for each other. And like the fact that, you know, we should have been thinking about the, the sort of next sense, the sensible step in our lives. But instead we were like, let's get a van and go play some pubs to people who don't care for a couple of years. <laughs> But it worked. I mean, it it, it, it paid off, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it definitely worked. Do you, I mean, do you remember um, when you first, you guys as a band kind of first realised this is actually, we might actually get somewhere with this, you know, people are paying attention? Um, yeah, to be fair, we were, we were pretty lucky in the sense that, so um, not to call the very start of the band a false start, but basically we, we, we had another vocalist for like a year before we got Lucas, who's, who's still the singer now. Um, and, um, things were already going pretty well from day one on like a local level, but I, I, I kind of attribute that to us just being quite like well-connected people in, in the scene, like Wales, everyone knows everyone anyway. And then, okay. uh, and so in the scene, we were like, we were like fairly popular guys. Like each of us could bring like 20 mates to a show and then, and then fill up a local venue. So we, so we always had a good start, but then then eventually we got Lucas in as our singer who was in a popular band, like a popular local band before that. And um, the first two songs we did um, as Holding Absence with Lucas, we uploaded to this YouTube channel called Dreambound. And now Dreambound is like, um, there's not many of them about anymore, but Dreambound is like a channel that they've grown that puts out specific music. I mean, like back in the day, you had like blank TV and stuff, if you remember that. Or like, or like hardcore worldwide. There's a, there was a couple of them yes. back in the day, and um, Dreambound had, had just sort of recently cropped up. Um, it, it hadn't been around for that long, but it was basically doing anything that's post rock to post hardcore, with kind of like melodic hardcore in between. And we, we're somewhere in that spectrum, you know. We're we're sure. emotional rock, if if you will. And um, so we put we put we put the songs up on there and. Um, because that channel had such a good following, we just literally from like the first song we put out with Lucas, like the traction it got was was crazy. It was way more than we'd ever seen before. Um, but then we we were just other than like digital kind of going well. We did we didn't really think much of it. We just thought, oh cool, you know this this well this sort of well looked after YouTube channel 
it, it has, has helped our song do well. But we weren't really seeing that reflect in shows and stuff yet. You know, we were we were playing pubs up and down the country, like I said, to, to people who didn't really want us there. <laughs> like I remember we, we turned up to a, we turned up to one of one of the first times we ever played out Wales. We turned up to um, a venue in Birmingham and like we're all excited. We're like, wait, first first big show outside of outside of cardiff international tour yeah honestly it felt like crossing crossing the seven bridge you know like and um we turn up in birmingham and um we get out we get out of the uh get out of the van and we we start grabbing all our stuff and taking it in the venue and like we're really excited like looking around like where's the stage like sort of thing that there is no stage it's just like an an area of the the bar so i go to the i go up to the barman because i'm i was sort of like the the, the tour manager if you will okay. um and 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 um and sort of sort of the, the first person in the band to to do any of the organizational stuff so i went up to the guy at the bar and i was like hey man like we're, we're the band and the guy literally said no word of a lie he said not another fucking band <laughs> <laughs> and i was just like oh so that's that's how it is, is it? and i was like oh oh yeah uh, what what where what do you want us to do like where should we put our stuff and he was like oh you, you plug your shit in over there yeah, it was it was a lot of that for the first for the first year. But then I remember we played a. It was at the end of this. I say like quote unquote tour, like it was it was us for a week where none of us had work. Just go into small pubs, setting up, playing to like three or four people and maybe one or two mates we knew from the area. Um, it was the final day of that, and we were back in Bristol on the way home, and we played a, a tiny tiny venue called the Griffin. And it's like yes, it's like it. a triangle. It's like a tiny, tiny triangle. Um, and it's a, it's a lot of fun, but it, it's a tiny triangle. <laughs> like and that's not even a diss. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> so we played we played the tiny triangle venue to um, to about fifteen people, and um, we were packing down and um, getting ready to kind of go home. And you know, the next day would be going back to our various kind of naff jobs. You know be at call centers or coffee shops or what have you and um we looked at the facebook page and we had a message from like an american guy literally just on the facebook page and uh it was like hey guys i'm i'm from blah blah records at the time it was it was sharp tone records um who the band's still signed to now but yeah it was this whole thing like um oh, i'm really interested in the band i've seen you on that youtube channel like i really want to talk but his, I remember, I remember his Facebook picture at the time was like him like gurning. So it was like, um, <laughs> so his, his, it was, it was this guy and his face was kind of like, like, and so, so I'm like, oh, it's just some, this it, is just some sort of scam. Like, don't think anything of it. I'll re- I, re- I sent a nice reply on the way home. I think nothing of, of it, but it was, it was actually like the guy who ran this record label. I like, I, I didn't realize that like people actually conducted business over Facebook. Like that week, we kind of thought nothing of it. Literally like two days later, we're having like, um, he gets us on a Skype call to chat, to chat like business. And um, we, we, he's on a Zoom like this. And um, right. and we, we look in the background and there, there are like loads of gold records on his wall. And like, <laughs> you can see through a little window and people are like shipping boxes and things. And we're like, wait, this guy's actually real. <laughs> like this guy actually... Wow. Yeah, um, because they're, they're they're part of a bigger record label called Nuclear Blast, and um, yeah, it was it was completely legitimate, and and we all couldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet you couldn't. Um, so was the was it quite was that was that the 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 first or the only did did you kind of go with the first people that showed interest, or was or were or did or did it take a little while longer to kind of bed in and, so, um, and decide to go with that label? The whole pro the pro, the whole process um, with labels does take like a long time. So what what kind of happened is they said we're interested and they spoke to us and then said, "Oh, we we're sort of like we're keeping an eye on you." But they they sort of make it clear right. that they're interested, but they don't actually they don't actually like send you anything other than them saying we're interested in you. We're going to keep an eye. So at this point, it was like, "Whoa, okay." So we kind of just need. The best thing about that is it is it made us double down on our work output because like we were like okay so basically we've just got to keep doing what we're doing and it's cool that there's a label kind of out there slowly looking at us in the meantime we had we started playing more and more and more and um it was honestly it, like every weekend we'd just try and play three shows like anywhere really we'd we'd rent like um 
we'd rent a van or we'd go in two cars just with like the gear kind of like stacked up <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> like you know like like guitars on our knees and all of that and um just just kind of yeah just doing doing it for the love really you know just we wanted to play shows that was that was all the only reason we ever started the band in the first place it was to try and write some songs and and play shows together and um the show started getting more and more sort of um more and more traction and you know there was there was like 20 people in a pub as opposed to like 10 and and, <laughs> and, and things like that and um there were a few more like uh there was a few more labels who got in touch but again it was very much like um it was very much like hey guys we like what you're doing we're, we're gonna keep an eye on you and and i was at this point i was getting kind of frustrated because it had been like it had probably been like six months to a year of just like loads of people saying you guys are good but like nothing more than that and i was very like i was very unsure of how to like be like okay so can you sign us then we have some money <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah sure like, because uh, you know, I had no idea how any of that stuff worked. I was I was so young and and kind of just not sure of it all. And actually, this is this is a good. I say a segue. It's kind of this 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 um this kind of is another reason why I played funeral for friends just now. Um, I then at, at Download Festival that year, that same year, I met Ryan Richards, who's the drummer of of uh, Funeral for a Friend, and he also manages a bunch of bands and. Um, it was through me and him by by completely by chance um basically we we but we were both in welsh football tops at download and we had a <laughs> okay. honestly this, this is a pretty it's a pretty mad story and we ended up getting chatting at download festival and um he was like oh yeah i manage bands blah 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 at, at the time i had no idea um he was in funeral for a friend even though i loved them growing up i just didn't put two and two together sure um so i got chatting to him i was like oh that's so cool man who'd you manage and he started telling me you know oh bullet for my valentine and and you know all, all these big bands and i was like whoa like those were bands i loved in high school like this is mental so um i i went home in, in the car and um my friend said, oh, you know who that was, didn't you? And I was like, oh, yeah, he's some guy who manages bands. He said, oh, he's also the drummer in Funeral for a Friend. And I was just like, whoa. Like, so it's a guy who who was in one of my favorite bands and then went on to manage a ton of my favorite bands. Um, so, and it was at that point, something clicked clicked in my head. I was like, whoa, that guy's got like the, like the perfect trajectory for what I want to do with my life. Like at the time I was sort of the manage, the managerial guy in the band. And, and the guy who loved like kind of doing all the email stuff as well as being in the band. And um, so I decided I, I, I found his email and I hit him up and I said, hey, man, like, nice to meet you on the weekend. Um, would you be up for going for a coffee in Cardiff sometime? And can I like just pick your brains about how you did every how, how did you do your life? I want to do exactly <laughs> that pretty much. And um, he was really cool about it, like. Um, he he was like I I well he said he said now like we're friends now so he he said like down the line he was kind of touched by that because I guess having anyone come to you and say you've smashed your life I want to do exactly yeah. that you would be kind of like yeah cool let me show you the way <laughs> like yeah but there's um, no like mentor schemes in music right no none at all <laughs> so you've got to you know you, if you meet someone. Ask. Yeah, you've got to ask and you've got to put yourself forward. And and as you say, it must be very flattering to, yeah. for somebody to, to 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 ask you that. No, definitely, definitely. And and the cool thing then was it was perfect timing because, like I said, we'd had all this interest from labels, but nothing more than just some American dude saying good job, essentially. So yeah. I, I I I said all this to Ryan after after once we got once we got closer and closer. I said, so look, here's the deal: the band I'm in. We, we've actually got labels and, and and he said he was like oh really okay so he kind of did a bit of digging and, and ended up chatting to some of the people who were kind of courting us and um and then he came to me one day and said look i know you're managing the band yourself but like it's at the level where you like let he, he basically said look i kind of want to manage you guys now because oh, i think wow. i could i could move this to a point where I could actually get these labels to commit something and, and really help you take things up a notch. And at first I was kind of, I didn't know what to do because I, I, I'm a bit of a control freak. And I was like, oh, you hear so many horror stories of like managers and things. 
and and you know we were just a band from wales i was like i don't even know what that means like like do we pay you do you pay us like who you know like and um but he was really cool about it he basically said like look i'll kind of i'll manage you guys i won't take a penny until you guys make money which was an amazing gesture you know other managers just try and take every fucking like cent before you even make a thing um yeah, he said, and he said, he said he'll sort of treat it as a way for him to kind of show me the ropes, basically, and uh, and th- yeah, that's 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 when the band really started taking off. Like, we we ended up signing with Sharp Tone. Uh, we ended up, you know, getting some bigger shows and and started doing actual tours, supporting other bands, and it's just been a whirlwind ever since, really. Um, like, so that was that was a real kind of pivotal moment. You letting oh, go huge. of your baby um, to. Ryan from Funeral for a Friend, and mm-hmm. and that was, as you say, clearly it's that's when it kind of all took off, is it? Yeah, definitely. And I, I think the coolest thing with with um, with Ryan is the fact that because he'd been in a band, we all just had this instant kind of. We all met like eventually. We all met him for a coffee and things, and we could just trust him. Like we knew yeah. that he wasn't. We'd met other because we, uh, you know, well things started going well for us. We'd had a few other managers kind of. Um, hit us up and say, look, we, we could do this and that for you. But it all seemed very like, not to use this term, like this is a bit, not to say corporate, but like it was a bit like, okay, they they like us because they think we, they can make some quick money here and we're a bunch of idiots from Wales. Whereas Ryan was very much like, I used to be a band dude. I know how exactly how everything works. Let me help you a little bit because, and we were sort of, I remember being quite frank with him. I was like, what's in it for you? And he was like, well, if you do get big, like it, it, there is, there is something in it for me. But at the same time, I've lived kind of my band dreams, and I just want to help the next funeral for friend, for example. You know, wow, so it, it was really cool of him. Like, I like you know, he's he's like a mate for life because of that. You know, yeah, awesome, awesome. So we we were looking through, uh, you know, old tours and all that sort of stuff, and you you as as the band Holden Absence, you've been on some, some good tours, but there's one uh, band, this is a little bit kind of off topic, kind of, um, okay. that we want to <laughs> ask you about that you played with. Um, so you played with Sleep Token, is that right? Yes. Okay. You can guess where this is going. Yeah, so me I and can. James are obsessed with Sleep Token, <laughs> not just the music, but the whole like everything around it. So I know what you're going to say, but I'm going to ask you anyway, who is the singer of Sleep Token. <laughs> He's a, a mysterious masked entity. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> do, you know what's, do you know what's funny though? Um, I might I might come clean about it on this on this podcast. Um, I've been so a few. <laughs> Is basically, it you? <laughs> no, oh, right. Here's, here's the thing. There was rumours that it was me, and what's yes. Fun- What's funny, there was also rumours that it was our drummer, Ashley, but here's where I kind of just went along. I just went along. Basically, one day I was working with uh, Sleep Token on behalf of Ryan because he manages them. And I was at a festival with them. And Mr. Mister Sleep Token himself happens to be also very tall and skinny. Yes, he is. Um, and I... Was at, I was at the festival, um, just helping them with some bits, do, doing some bits and bobs. Um, and um, someone saw me just before their set, but then didn't see me during the set. So then a few <laughs> days later, someone messaged me saying, ah, I know your secret, buddy. Like, <laughs> and, and, and I said, oh, what, what, what do you mean? Uh, and they said, ah, oh, your secret's safe with me. Sort of thing. And then I put two and two together. Uh, they've done it a few more times since, saying, like, really liked the new song. And, and I'm like, what new song? And they're like, ha And I'm like, so I check and then I'm like, oh, Sleep Token just put out a new song. Anyway, I need to show you this because this is, I feel so sorry for this dude now, but he emails me quite regularly uh, uh, <laughs> because he thinks I'm Sleep Token. And, and I will always just reply, like the other day, this dude mailed me. Oh, it's literally like, it was literally a couple of days ago. And, um, <laughs> oh, where is it? Where is it? Oh, I don't really need to show you, but basically, um, emailed me the other day just saying like um sucks to hear you you left hold an absence man but like i think i think your main band is is the best and i thought oh cool you 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 like really like colgan and he's like no no your other one wink face and i was like 
Oh, for God's sake. So I just sent like a gift back of someone going like, so, <laughs> there's a good few people out there who probably think I am because I've just been leading this guy on for a laugh. Brilliant. <laughs> well, I, can, I, can, I, can, I can confirm that it's, it's not me. <laughs> I wish I could sing that well. I'd be, be landed. He's amazing. Yeah it's, fun, yeah, it's something else. I mean, we saw them just before lockdown when they were doing, they did, they did like a larger tour of the UK just before lockdown. And it was the first time I'd, I'd seen him sing live. Yeah, unbelievable. It's, so I was lucky enough to um, basically um, one of the one of the first gigs as things were really starting to kick off with them. Um, Ryan decided it would be really cool to have them play um, like a set, a small set um, in a place called St. Pancras Church, which is right next to King's Cross Station yep. in London. That's right. Yeah. Um, and um, it, it, the gig, the whole gig was set up like a kind of almost like a kind of mass sort of vibe you know there was like hymn sheets out and and you know it was just it was just a cool like bit of fun really but um he he spent the whole afternoon before playing like warming up on this piano and um and I'm just playing these piano versions of the songs and singing and I've honestly like I've 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 been lucky enough now to like work with and meet a lot of good singers but like he is on another level of like it, it's something about it. It's just like whoa, like okay, like that. Yeah, <laughs> he's good. <laughs> he's really good. Because I think that obviously the 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 marketing of that band is is incredibly clever, and the way that they that they've they built this mystique that draws you in. Your new band, the marketing for that is incredible. Like, I just think, like, I feel like you've really created a, a new aesthetic and a new feel with the way that you're doing things. And it feels like a really incredible package. Um, is that something you've gotten interested in is over time? Oh, yeah, I'd say so. I, I think um, I think it's, it's very much like um, it's, it's living in like this age of like, not, not to sound hard done by, but it's, it definitely feels like it's harder for bands to like, breakthrough compared to like say like the 90s where like you know nirvana got big so suddenly anyone who played guitar just got given loads of money and maybe wrote one good song like you know like you know you and, and also you had like you had like all like landfill indie bands because of oasis and blur like sure. you know it was like that whole kind of thing and i think more more modern bands it's really hard because because it's because everything has kind of been done at this point, bands, I think really, and bands since like, since like 2010 onwards, bands have had to like go a step above and really consider like the, the marketing, the branding, the, the visual aspects of the bands way more than they ever would have in the past. Don't get me mm. wrong, there, there's bands in the 90s and 2000s who, who also killed it with that. But I definitely think now even your local band has to like, think about how they're going to portray themselves you know are they going to be mysterious are they going to be funny are they going to be like you know really dr dramatic it's 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 definitely um a case of that and i think one of the one of the decisions we made really early on with with the early holden absence stuff is we wanted everything to be um in black and white just because we thought number one we thought we looked nicer in black and white <laughs> like, you kind of look a little bit skinnier your spots don't show as much but also we, we thought um, it made everything look kind of like timeless. Like if the band was to end and then people were to look back on it um, later down the line, it would just have this kind of like, yeah, like like timeless kind of feel to it. And then um, we didn't think too much of it, but then after like six months of doing it, loads of people were like, oh, we, loads of people commented on it saying, oh, I would love the fact that everything's black and white. You guys, you guys have killed it with this. And, 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 and that's at, at that point, I was really like, oh, wow. So like, if I was to ever start another band, I'd really want to kind of be aware that that you know how you present things and how you how you look and stuff can can also kind of affect the, the band overall. Yeah, definitely can have a huge effect. Um, we should probably play a song, right, Mr. Buck? Because yeah, we've been I think talking we a lot. Um, so maybe um, I would do if we do a holding absence song, uh, and then we'll we'll do a couple more questions, and then we'll get on to the. Uh, to the new band because we've got loads we want to speak to you about that cool, yeah, so let's do it. so james what i don't know what's your favorite um holden absence song or maybe the favorite one to play live what would you want people to hear 
favorite spot. song to play live? That is a good question. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna go for an, I'm gonna go for an oldie. I'm gonna go for Dream of Me because it was the first song. It was the first song we ever did where people really loudly sang back lyrics, and that was the most insane feeling ever. So, yeah, let's go for Dream of Me. Okay, here it is. Okay, so um, myself and uh, Mr. Riki here, we, we discovered Holding Absence not long ago. Um, it was probably the beginning of lockdown when um, download, it would have been in the summer, when download streamed um, your live set. Um, wow. I think it was from the Underworld. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how we, we discovered That was funny, it. man. Side note, watching the chat for that, because basically... Most people watching that chat were just waiting for Maiden. Yeah. Sure. So, and, and we knew we were just like, some people might like this, but most people are going to hate it because like, <laughs> holding absence and Maiden are, are a little bit far removed from each other. And it was that. It was like, ah, we just want Maiden, Maiden, boo. <laughs> like, it was pretty funny. So we, but we, yeah. we, we can't stand Maiden. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I remember it well because me and, uh, me and Mr. Riki here, we were doing like a, um, we would watch gigs um, and like on WhatsApp, just like chat to each other, like we were at a gig sort of thing. Because um, we were missing it so badly. We were missing it. <laughs> and, and, and Holding Absence, that show um, was the first thing that we kind of saw when we turned that whole download stream on. And, oh, cool. and I spent the, like, as I said, I'd never heard of the band before. Well, I'd heard of them, but I hadn't listened to the band before. Um, and then for the next two hours of, fucking shit that we were watching i was just basically saying what was that first band that we, that we were watching yeah. <laughs> it was literally the only thing that i liked <laughs> oh that's sick you so know it what? wasn't I... everyone just waiting for maiden yeah i'm glad to hear that you know because it's, it's always really cool to like like because I, I can remember that stream like you know i like, really really do remember it's always cool to like hear like you never think that that could be the first time someone actually discovers you and then stays with you because of that you know it's really cool to hear uh, yeah thanks download <laughs> yeah, there you go you, you got a couple of fans out of it at the very least um uh so just to kind of finish up on that band so you did um the you were still in the band when the new album was was written mm-hmm. um how how was that kind of process of writing the record and I, i'm gonna kind of cheat and ask you two questions at the same time how was sure. the process of writing the record and how did you feel um kind of leaving the band before it came out okay that's that i got loads to say on this um so i it was a weird one because i was up and down during the writing process because it was like a really high pressure environment i think like I don't think any of us truly enjoyed writing it. The guys may say something. The guys may like say now, like, oh, yeah, it was amazing. Like, we, we like loved it. But like, honestly, it was it was fucking it was horrible. Like, it was just all of us. It was all of us sitting around a laptop arguing with each other because uh, not because we didn't get along, but it was just a case of like a second album. Basically, you just need to do what your first album did, but better so that then you can unlock the chance to do a third album. It's why right. so many bands put out an amazing debut and then they just they just crumble but trying to trying to follow up because essentially you spend you spend your in, entire like sort of adolescence slash early like 20s writing your debut album and it's it's basically like here's just the best of the best and some of the songs you might have had since the first jam do you know what I mean right. so 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 everyone's debut is usually pretty strong and you've had you've had essentially as long as you want to write it and perfect it then suddenly you get catapulted into like touring 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 and then one day your manager goes you're going to do a second album soon then and you're like oh well, we've been we've been touring like you know like it's the busiest you've ever been yet you've got to you've got to try and do something that's better than the first thing um so it was a, it was a little bit stressful and we were all feeling the pressure a little bit. Um, I definitely think like, um, I definitely think there's some bangers on it. I like, I like, like I have some, some really fond memories of making it like um, we, we recorded 
we recorded it with a guy called Dan Weller, who's worked for uh, with like Enter Shikari and like bunch a bunch of really cool things. He did like Young Guns. Um, he's also in in the tech metal band Sick. Um, Amazing. Yeah, we were constantly, <laughs> we were constantly, we were like little like, we were we were like. Every now and again, we'd be like, Dan, Dan, can you play us something really cool on guitar? Like, and he'd just pick one of our guitars up and he'd just be like, and we'd be like, oh my God. Because none of us are like technically proficient like musicians, really. Um, so that that was good fun. And he he is a total legend. He got the best out of everyone. But I think just halfway through, we were in a we were in a studio. This would have been um February 2000 and I don't even know when it would have been. It was it 2020, right? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. It's so strange. This would have been February 2020, and um, we were away for a month. And man, it was so weird because the whole month I was just like something. I was just like, I'm not enjoying this anymore. There's something. There's something really weird about this. Like, it's it's nobody's fault but mine. But I'm just not just not having as much fun as I'd like. And it's almost like the the best thing about being in a band is the, the fact that you're having fun as kind of your job as opposed to it just feeling like a job um so i was slowly it was a really weird time because i i was like doing the day in the studio with, with holding absence but then in the evenings i was like going off to this side room and starting to write the like cold gun songs just on a laptop okay. like so it was i was i was pulling double duty really and and just feeling a bit confused about like why i wasn't feeling like happy you know it was like every everything should have been great but i was just there was something about the music that just wasn't doing it for me anymore um so yeah that kind of planted the first seed of doubt in my head that like maybe maybe i needed like a shake-up part of me was hoping that it was just a case of like being burnt out with the holding absence stuff because that that can happen too when you've when you've been writing the songs over and over changing things then recording them, then listening to them and making notes. You do just end up like getting super fed up. But it, 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 I don't know. It was it was kind of more than that at the time. And um, and then shortly after coming out of the studio, I remember I had a recording session for Cold Gun, and I remember just like that was really fun. And I just I felt kind of dirty. It was like I was cheating on someone. <laughs> but it was just like it was ultimately like it, yeah, it was it was just. It was just more fun like um and sometimes sometimes that's just like you gotta have fun <laughs> yeah right like um this the studio was weird though it was um so it was in february 2020 and um we uh, we were essentially away in a place called middle farm in devon which is in the middle of nowhere and um we were there before covid sort of started well, i mean it, it started in in japan and, and china and, and you know it was it was in that area of the world, but it hadn't really made its way to the west. So um, I remember like um, the, the the place uh, in Middle Farm. You sleep in like the, this kind of like bunk room. You're all in bunk beds. It's wicked. It's like a it's like a, okay. a sleep, it's like being on a, a month long sleepover. But um, right. we're all there like jumping on each other and like you know playing <laughs> like the floor is lava. Even though we're all like 23, 24. But I remember being up really late one night, just just kind of doom scrolling in bed, as as you do. And and I was like, guys, there's this there's this thing happening in, in Wuhan. Like, there's they're, they're like they're like catching people in nets and spraying them with disinfectant, and like <laughs> people can't leave their houses wow. and stuff. And 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 they were like, oh, there's all like in not in like a not in like a root in an ignorant way, but they they were sort of like, oh, there's always something crazy happening, you know, in Asia, <laughs> you know. And I was kind of like. Yeah, I guess. But bloody hell, this looks mad. Anyway, a few days later, oh, Boris is on the telly. Yep. And and in that that week was the week it just suddenly went from like, yep, it's in these couple of countries to just being like, blah, everywhere. <laughs> the next thing we know, like, we're all texting our mums and things, and they're they're all back home in Wales fighting other mothers for toilet paper. Well, we're just in this farm. <laughs> just kind of away from reality, just kind of watching it all unfold and only really seeing the news for any kind of reference points. It was such a strange feeling. Sure, like Jared Leto in his meditation tent or whatever. Yeah, Did you hear yeah, that? Full on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
Wow. Okay. Yeah, that must have been quite a lot. So when you, okay, okay, cool. Just trying to get this timeline in my head right. So you've got this. Um, so you're kind of doing two things at once then over 2020. Yeah, kind of. So um, I started. I started um, Cold Gun with my housemate, who's also called James. Um, and he's also played guitar for Holding Absence a couple of times. Like he's filled in on a tour, uh, the odd tour. Um, and we kind of realized living together that we had like some musical itches that we both like to scratch, but we hadn't considered scratching them together. And then um, one day I was like, you know what? I really want to challenge myself. I want to, I want to have a reason to get better at guitar and like, try and sing and stuff so i was like do you fancy just doing some songs this weekend didn't really think much of it because holding absence was so busy that like uh, and i was loving like at the time i was all about holding absence like I, I hadn't even considered another band so we just we'd just write some songs together jam a little bit he can play drums as well so we'd get in like a garage he'd just smash it on the drums and i'd be there like badly playing guitar and just shouting <laughs> into a mic um <laughs> but then um we kind of did that more and more and we were kind of like, God, we're both having a good time here, aren't we? Like, do you want to, do you want to do this band? Do you want to like put some songs out? And um, so we did that for like about half a year as like a side project from Holding Absence. So we had about, we started that in August, 2019. So by the time I was recording with Holding Absence in February, 2020, we'd been a the cold gun had been a side project for about six months um and I, yeah it was just it was just a bit of fun we, we were putting some songs out and just jamming in jamming in a garage amazing were were there any kind of like did you guys discuss any particular bands as influences or was it just naturally what was coming out oh man it was it was such a weird sounding band to start off with um like <laughs> ran randomly okay this is a really weird one i'd i found a french grunge band that i was just obsessed with for like a week okay um, they're called are they called like acme for, like well, god knows how i found them um, how do you spell that like the like the cartoon acme uh no it's like a i think it's like aqme a-Q-M-E. Yeah, they're uh, A-Q-M-E, and the M-E yeah, is in it. capitals. I, God knows how I found them, okay? But um, I just remember for like a week, a song of theirs resonated with me, and I was like, I want to do this. This is all I've ever wanted to do. I'm a bit like that, though. Like, I'll get, like, an idea in my head. Like, um, not to go off on a tangent, but it's kind of like... Like I was going to chat to Matt about this at some point, but it's kind of like the running thing. Like one day I was just like, I want to do ultra running now, and I just left. Then like four, like six hours later, I'm like, I'm like to my girlfriend, I'm like, I've run marathon. She's like, what? Like what? Like why have you done that? I'm like, I don't know. I love running now. So yeah, I I was I was on a French grunge, I was on a French grunge binge, and I managed to convince other James to play drums for it. So that was what Cold Gun was going to originally be. Why don't we play Amazing. that song? <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. It's a belter. It's, the song is called Pornography or something. <laughs> I think it's like their main song. Okay. Or, pol or Polaroids and Pornography <laughs> is the okay. song. Yeah, we got are going to play it. Let's do it. <laughs> I, I <can laughs> so... Other than this uh, obscure French grunge band, who 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 else were you kind of channeling on James and the Cold Gun? So we so for um, for the purpose of the uh, the listeners, we've left Holding Absence behind now. So you've left Holding Absence um, on good terms, you you know, uh, which is all good. Um, wish them the best of luck. And actually, I should probably ask first. So what at what point did you think right? I'm going to go for it with the with the new band James and the Cold Gun. So um, I don't want to I don't want to bring the pandemic into into the conversation too much because it it does it. I don't want to sound like that's an excuse, but basically, I I was meant to have such a busy uh, 2020 with holding absence. Like the plan was we'd finish the studio. And that studio month was like the only month we had that we weren't on tour. 
Wow. So it was it was it was a case of like studio is done. I think it was supposed to be like March we were touring with Creeper. April we were going to Australia. May we were going to America. All this stuff. So, and I think part of me thinks if that had happened, would I have cared that I didn't enjoy recording and the music as much? Because mm. not everybody does enjoy studio. It's perfectly acceptable to like enjoy one aspect of a band more than others for example like there are members of the band who hate emails but i love them i'm like i like, like a bit 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 lame to say but sure. I, I i love an email there's there's people in the band who love the videos and other people who are like oh do we have to do a video so so i was very much like um just excited that uh, the prospects of being able to travel and play loads of shows and meet loads of people obviously that fell through and it essentially a stripped holding absence back to just the music. And at that point, I, I had to be real with myself. And I was just like, this isn't the music that I hoped the band would make. And, and it, by no means do I mean that I think it's bad or anything like that. It was just not what I kind of thought we were going to do. Um, yeah. Compared to, I mean... Compared to album one, anyway, like I feel like album one was closer to what I always wanted to do with that band. And then album two is some people are going to absolutely love it and think it's the best thing we've done. Like we've done. Some people are going to be like, oh, I kind of preferred album one. You know, you, you can't please everyone. But um, sure. When everything was stripped back, I was just like, oh, God, my spark's gone a little bit. And like, I'm really like, I'm, I'm usually the first person to be like, when are we practicing again? Like, I can't wait to like, can't wait to play some songs like when are we, when when are we going to write again when are we going to do this and that and i just i was like a zombie i i wasn't like bothered at all i just wanted to get back in the garage and, and play some french grunge with with the <laughs> other james so it was, it was a really weird time like um yeah the spark like the spark for me just went and i and at that point i was like you know what if there's ever a time to decide what i need what i want to do yeah, this is this the past year with 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 COVID and stuff. Like, if any, like I could I could have sort of sat, I could have sat on my thumbs and sort of like, no, that's not the expression. Sat twiddling my thumbs. I don't know. Well, that was a Welsh expression you'd come out with then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, yeah. We didn't bat an eyelid. <laughs> I could I could have sat and twiddled my thumbs for the past year, but then I would be in even more of a kind of confusing situation not making any progress with cold gun and kind of not making much progress with with holding absence because mainly because we haven't been able to because just essentially waiting for an album to come out so uh, yeah i was kind of forced to make a decision but um i I just kind of followed my heart and my head is still to this day my head is like what are you doing you you crazy crazy man but um we should, yeah. <laughs> we should probably play a um, James and the Cold Gun song just in case people are listening to this podcast, maybe, you know, it, while they're working or something. And at the moment, they think that your new band, because they haven't been paying attention, is that French <laughs> grunge band. Yeah. So, yeah. so what's like the oh, what let's, song let's do it. Let's... can we play, which really kind of shows the sound of James and the Cold Gun? Um, it's definitely our newest one. Um, everything we did prior to this uh, this new one was in our bedroom. And and um, not to say that I don't like the other stuff, but this is the first time we've tracked in a proper studio around a drummer, giving it some beans. So, um, yeah, this, the new song, Long Way Home, please. Okay, here it is. So I absolutely love that song. I love, I love all the songs. Um, so... Um, so you were influenced by this crazy French band <laughs> and a few <laughs> others, um, and you've you've released a few singles now. There's what is there five tracks on Spotify uh, at the moment? Yeah, five or six. Uh, five or six, I think. Yeah. And I mean, uh, James Reeky. I'm going to call him James Reeky from now on, just to avoid confusion. He might say something sure. something different, but the to me. Uh, the songs all have kind of a, a bit of a different sound. Obviously, there's a consistency there. I'm not. I don't mean this in a bad way, but they they kind of go off at slightly different tangents, which I thought was was actually really good. Would I be right in saying that, or is that complete bollocks? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I agree. I think a lot of it is like um, a lot of it is just finding our feet at the moment. I think the, you know the biggest reason I think why they why they all sound different 
is because we haven't been able to play a live show yet. So it's almost yeah. like once you once you play a couple of live shows, you really know the ones that you you enjoy playing. Like if you can if you can like your song after playing it to two people in a pub in in Birmingham, that's when you know. <laughs> like if you're still buzzing after that, that's when you know which songs are like your best songs. So so at the moment, it's very much a case of like only really again not because not that we're doing it really to try and you know we're not we're doing it for ourselves ultimately but at the same time um we can only go off like internet stats at the moment and and listeners and, and things like that so really we're trying to sort of we're trying to put out as much different stuff at the moment that we still like to just sort of see what what other people kind of enjoy do you know what i mean it's it's, it's kind of striking the balance between doing doing songs that we love and also songs that other people kind of like that's the, that's the that's the sweet spot i think every band kind of every band's bands can be like oh we don't care what people think but then it's like you you want some people to come to your gigs yeah of course you know what I mean? they, they do care what people think obviously yeah. um, i can hear a little bit of early manix in some of the songs i know you're a big manix street preachers fan I am obsessive. Uh, I am an obsessive Manic Street Preachers fan. I actually, Holding Absence actually played a festival with Manic Street Preachers in 2016. And at back then, I thought they were like, just like dad rock. And I always <laughs> wondered like how they were so popular. Um, then about two years ago, I watched a documentary and found that there was this whole crazy political chaotic like just mad side to them and i was completely hooked it was everything i wanted in a band like guitar music like left-wing politics like glam <laughs> like i was just like this yeah. is and the fact that and the fact they're from wales i was just like whoa i can get i can i can really get behind this so i'm kind of gutted that i i wrote them off as just that that band that gets played at the rugby when i when i saw them <laughs> in 2016 i'm so gutted because i we were sharing like the same backstage area as them. So I could have like knowing that I was probably there, like, oh, it's those old, it's those old guys from Blackwood over there. <laughs> like, And now they're like my favorite band of all time. So it's a weird one. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, I think we're kind of, we're kind of close to the end, I think of our questions and stuff. Um, we are so firstly is there anything you've got coming have you you got coming up immediately that we can plug Ooh, um when when will this be out it'll be out in the next week or two yeah okay. or, this, or if this you're friday or the this, week after or if you're listening to this it's out now because you're listening we to <laughs> did the podcast thing that proper podcasters do <laughs> 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 um it, we, we have a new song um, that will be out probably in a week or two, maybe three. Um, we're, we're, we're filming the video this weekend. Um, so a couple of days after this was recorded, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and it's it's a rager. It's, it's going to be good to run to, I think. <laughs> that's good we suspect our listening audience is at least 80 percent runners so <laughs> we always we like to throw in a little bit of um keep it up actually if you've been running what time is it if you've been running all this time you might want to sit down yeah you're doing well you're doing well <laughs> yeah good on um, you. No, and, yeah and plans for an album um we're here's the thing we're um i think we're gonna go for an ep first only because um we have no idea when live shows are going to come back. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the, the thing about an EP, uh, the thing about an album is um, that's your sort of moment. You, that's your sort of first like spotlight moment as a band. So you've almost, you, you almost want to have it ready, but you don't want to release it until the timing is like perfect. Um, so, you know, once, once your gigs, once you start like filling up smaller venues up and down the country and like, you know, stuff like that. So, I think we're going to put out an EP towards the tail end of summer, start of autumn. Um, that I think I think it's going to be really good. Um, and then um, I, I really hope we can play a gig before the year's out. We've got a few we've got a few dates held, um, but truthfully, nobody knows when when sure. we can get yeah. in a room and get sweaty like, together. 
Oh, I cannot wait. Yeah, in it, man. <laughs> I was listening well, to a podcast the other day, and someone said they someone said they can't wait to lick lick the sweat off the ceiling of a of a dingy venue. That's how bad they they miss it. Yep, I'm feeling that hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for talking to us. This has been such a pleasure. Um, and thank you for me. being so open and being such a, a good raconteur. Really enjoyed it. Is there a song you would like to choose for us to play out on? Ooh. Oh, wow. Can, be, the... can either be you, can be absolutely anything. Let's... Not the French grunge band again. We'll leave that one. <laughs> <laughs> should, we do, should we do a song for my other band? Okay. My other other band. You got another yeah. band? What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, na- <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, that one. Should we do a sleep token song? Yeah, I would love to. <laughs> Let's do. Oh, what's a good one? Let's do. Um, 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 Jaws. Jaws by Sleep Token. What a belter! Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you, James, so much. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Thank you for taking the time. This is Jaws by Sleep Token. Wicked.